Hi guys, welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk Bookstagram. Basically, you know, wherever you're getting a good book, we're going to talk about it. I'm Caitlin, joined by my hosts Bridget and Hilda. Hi. And we are talking about a new book, a new series we've uncovered that many, many people have been talking about, and it's been on our list for a while, but Fourth Wing, you know, disrupted the whole list thing we had going on here. And so this is The Serpent and the Wings of Night by Carissa Broadbent. So this is, I believe, a duology, what we confirmed, which is, in my opinion, very refreshing to just Best have two books. ever. And, you know, I'm not going to get too much into thoughts and feelings because we're going to talk about that later. But right off the get-go, we're going to kick it off with some shout-outs. What do you guys think about that? Let's do it. All right. So the first couple shout-outs we have are from Spotify. Uh, the first one's from Paige B. She likes the theory that Elaine is actually evil, and she thinks it would bring a different level to her character. She also really likes the Danica – I almost said Danica <laughs> – Danica Morningstar theory. It would tie everything together nicely. You know what? I agree, Paige. Anyone Paige is the best. Uh, next, we have Jessica Bates Writer on Spotify – she says, SJM says Danica on the BNN podcast from January 2022. So. And she says Danica. <laughs> oh, I can't read your phonetic spelling then. <laughs> you even spelled it out. That's that's on me. That's not on, on you, Hilda, or Jessica Bates Writer. I think I've just said it so much that it's engraved in your well, head. Yes. And I was in charge of editing the episode where we – Hilda and I just let it fly. Like we're just yeah, like we're it's, just, it is what it is. Look, and at least I was saying both at the same time. Danica, Danica. So anyone and everyone understood who I was but saying. at some point it just flipped to Danica and we're just like, yeah. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> we yeah, just no, going to let it lie. Because of you, I think I say it first, Danica. And I'm like, wait, no, it's Danica. <laughs> Damn it, Bridget. You're welcome. Or like unhinged theories when I completely could not wrap my <laughs> brain around Illyrians that I know and I talk about them like I was like, oh, I want that like Illyrian boot camp shirt. Like I regularly say this word and my brain could not pull I it don't together. Even know how you were saying it the the wrong way. Like what were you saying again? She was like Illyrians. Yeah. You were like <laughs> dropping an entire letter. I was like, that that's some bridge shit. You know what? <laughs> was i think it was just because like my hastily typed out notes and like autocorrect is just doing that that and the valg and the flag and i was like what the flag what are words i could not it was it was that first one was very painful to re-listen back to so (laughs) sorry friends um also from rachel beard on spotify she said i have never cried so hard with the death of a fictional character i don't even know have to know who she's talking about Uh i just know it's our girl our best friend pull it out again for her it's our Lily. I know. It's funny. I saw um I put a TikTok up today and it was, you know, that Pedro Pascal meme where he's like laughing and then he's crying. And I was just like, that really was us <laughs> during that podcast it was. recording. Oh god, I love her so much. Uh so shout out to, you know, make sure you're watching us on TikTok. We're funny. Um, Courtney also on Spotify, she thinks the main reason now this is switching from Crescent City to feedback on um, Fourth Wing. She thinks the main reason Dane sucks is because he's an insecure wannabe, not so much because he's a blonde male. Can it be both? Because I think it's both. (laughs) I mean, are they not mutually exclusive? (laughs) Also, PSA, we have come out and formally apologized that he's not actually a blonde. He's light brown, but he has blonde male villain energy. Definitely. And he is definitely a wannabe. 
definitely a wannabe i'm thinking like but not want to be my lover no no but you, you know from like the early 2000s when they had like the frosted tips yes <gasps> yeah uh, fake wannabe he's not an actual exactly. he's a fake yes. wannabe that was exactly. an excellent courtney you nailed that right on the head also from amanda a shout out to you girlfriend she wants us to know that no she is not mad at reese for keeping the danger of the pregnancy secret from Feyre. <gasps> but why? You know, they only have like 200 characters oh, on Spotify, <laughs> so they really can't get into it. And I actually feel like she just wrote no, and I had to provide a little bit more context. Oh, okay. I'm going to need you to hop but on over to our Instagram. An emphatic no from her. And DM us so I can understand more. Um, maybe because true love never wavers and she yeah. loves him. Yeah. We just like him a lot. She's going to find your one true love. I don't know. I had loved, loved him. Like, sorry, John. I had loved, loved you. (laughs) I just love you. But I love, love Reese. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Also, Caitlin, great name, girlfriend. On IG, she slid into our DMs to share a super interesting theory via Tumblr about the parallels between the bone carver and the god of truth slash sin eater in Throne of Glass. Super interesting. And thank you for supporting us and sharing that with us. I really, truly feel we need a part two unhinged theories. Where Caitlin tries to pronounce the things correct. Oh, yeah. Part three. We do have one scheduled for early 2024 before book three of Crescent City comes out. But who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Uh, Even the the theories around the the cover. There's a whole Pegasus theory now that I've, I've stumbled upon. I don't know if you guys are all in there, but if you've seen it. Yep. I've seen it. Okay. hidden pegasus yes or as i like to say pegasus. xavier's <laughs> hidden xavier's oh no you weren't gonna say that okay no. there's crossing pegas- fandoms here <laughs> pegasus last- in the book covers our last shout out goes to reading on the rocks um also slid into our dms to remind us of the character reth from the beyond the veil we think that it might have been gareth elisa's secret brother not secret elisa's brother from ruthless boys but he seems a little out of character, but thanks for reminding us about him. Now, I know we said that, like, thank you for reminding me that he seemed a little bit out of character. Yes. But I saw another theory after she sent that one where someone – it was, like, almost confirmed the way he described, I went out with this blast of magic. And I, I, I don't know. I didn't make this connection originally, but now everyone's making this connection. So I'm like, how so, did I miss this? So I feel like it was a missed opportunity for him to be – because it was at some point when Darius sees – the weird pegasus black pegasus that has like a herd and i feel like it was a missed opportunity for him to confront darius and be like bro i don't like dragons because of my ex-girlfriend and then Hmm. darius could be like oh bro that sucks who was and then and then he could be like cindy Pooh. yeah yeah and then connected to cindy Pooh. and then darius even though she has stalked darius he's totally oblivious he could, could be like oh that's a stupid name I don't know. I feel like it was a missed opportunity. I wrote I a whole, like, what was it, Wattpad <laughs> on what that interaction should have been. I like that. That's impressive. I it mean, I missed. didn't actually write it, but in my head. No, I, I know. But, you know, the sisters are so good about Easter eggs like that. And it's just a I little shocking. I think that's overwriting I would have enjoyed. Yeah. Yes. You know, I would have been down for that one. It was a missed opportunity. For sure. All right, guys. That is it for all of our shout outs for this episode. We love, love, love hearing from you guys. Uh, Hilda does a fantastic job of jumping on Spotify and sharing deep thoughts and questions with you guys. So you can head on over there. You don't have to just, you know, you can interact with us on Apple, Spotify, and IGDMs or TikTok. You know, we're basically, we're MasterCard. 
Isn't that everywhere you want to be? That's where we are. Isn't that a, like a very famous commercial? It's everywhere you want to be, Master. Or is that Discover? Is, it, is that Visa? It's Visa. It's Visa. <laughs> Look, marketing expert. Apparently, I am not. <laughs> no, I know exactly what commercials you're referring to. They don't take American Express. Ah, uh, okay. Really bad parallel. Then that's yeah. my bad. Anyway, all of that to say, you can find us at booktalkmademe underscore pod on TikTok and Instagram. You can slide into our DMs. You never know who you're going to get in there to chat it up with, but we are in there all the time. Um, And also, we'd appreciate if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review. It helps us find others and helps us grow our fan base. We got more friends and more book recommendations coming our way. Well, without further ado... I think it's time we get into covering this book. Now, I think this first came to us, I think we all saw it happening on TikTok. I don't know, maybe I, like around I, fourth wing time? So It was no, probably a little bit before. I know that I had seen it, um, but I kind of didn't pay attention to it. I think until... it was really popular when the second book was about to drop. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Right. I and like, I think it was in a yeah. lot of those TikToks that were like, if you like this, and it would be like Akatar, then you'll like this. And it was this book. Now, not all of those times are those comparisons correct. I think about 90% of the time those comparisons are inaccurate. I agree. It's mm-hmm. just a hook. It's a hook. It's a hook for them to try out reading this book. And it pisses me off when it's not. Well, the this same is vibes. why you just need to have like trusted sources. Oh yeah, you know that's us. Yeah, just if we have a trust anyone. Strong feelings on things. We're gonna tell you. We'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Um, see previous two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of you enjoyed us drinking the haterade, and you know we don't drink it to you know just hate, but you know I think hate's a strong word. Let's just say dislike. Let's just say we are uh, less enthused than we originally were. I yeah. Wasn't- mad i was disappointed very well oh, the well classic said. parenting line yes i was also not mad just and i think overall disappointed consistently. and i was also a little tired so maybe i was a little cranky but yeah spot um, on i'm always cranky so i have no excuse so uh um, yes so this one was very popular and made that comparison and i think it's all safe to say we don't think it holds up to akatar level but also you know right underneath in terms of still a very decent book that we all seem to pretty much enjoy so let's get into some thoughts and feelings before we head into what happened in this book yeah so caitlin why don't you why don't you let us know your thoughts i will i've been thinking about this all day because at the time of this recording we have finished this book and we're already on the second book and it was not till the second book that I fully my eyes fully focused on the name of one of the characters and I was like oh that's not how you say this man's name and I know Hilda you have it down in your notes because that you really want to hear how Bridget was pronouncing do you want me to go this I'll man's name but I I feel I may have been worse because <laughs> I need to hear this oh well hold on okay hold on. you say it and no, then no, I'm gonna no, tell I you why no, you no, no 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 both of you say it his name is Rain oh so yeah no like the thing that comes down from uh-huh. Rain so yes it is rain, and I was calling this man Raheem. Raheem. You know, it makes sense, though, because the last name would have vibed really good with Raheem. What Raheem. was his last name? I was like, Raheem, It was like Asharaj, Asharaj, something like that. Asharashi. I don't know. These names are a little bit harder for me, but I was yesterday, like, really reading, and I was like, oh, his name is Rain? It's not Raheem? Like, I just... 
You know, it's really funny, Caitlin, because I saw your notes and I was like, oh, she transposed those two letters. Maybe I should go back in and fix them for her. And I was like, no, I don't want her to think I'm being a nag. And then I was like, what if she thinks she thinks that's the name is spelled? She knows. She knows. She doesn't know. I was like, I'm just going to leave it. Let's see what comes of this. Yeah. So, yes. So, Yes, <laughs> that is how you spell this name. I uh, really, it threw me for a loop. <clears throat> um, so overall, I really enjoyed this book. I, you know, it's not surprising because I love any book where there's some Hunger Games trials, you know, and at Court of Thorns and Roses, we got Feyre doing her thing under the mountain, you know, even the Demon Queen trials that at least had some trials. It was hard to figure out what the hell was happening, but still a trial nonetheless. So I really overall enjoyed it. I didn't really expect to get so sucked in um, in the last half of the book. So I remember I told you guys, I'm like, oh, I'm at like 65. And then a mere hours later, I'm like, I'm done. I finished. <laughs> um, I will say I did have actual tears in my eyes. And I think I texted, you texted uh, me. Hilda because Bridget wasn't done yet when Vincent's love for Aurea during their last dances, like father and daughter, it really, I don't know. It's like just, it was very heartwarming. You can tell he really loved her and there was actual love there. And so I knew a betrayal was coming, which is why I texted Hilda. I'm like, if it is this man and he's hiding something like desperately dirty or he's using her, I think that would have hurt. Like hiding, sure. Mm -hmm. But if he was using her and like masking it with all this love from a father-daughter relationship, that I would have been pissed about. So I knew there was a betrayal coming. I wasn't quite sure who it was going to be, if it was going to be Vincent or my man Raheen. I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, Bridget, why? Mm-hmm. What, what were your thoughts on this? I did not fall in love to it the way you guys did. I don't even want to say you guys loved it necessarily, but you guys Liked. like mm-hmm. ate it up really quickly. And even though it was a shorter book, I was still struggling getting through it. I was like, okay, got to go. Still quicker than the second book. The second book, I've actually have taken an intermission and I am going to read something else and come back. Um, but I was enjoying the last like 20%, maybe 30%. I really was expecting there to be a Katniss and Peeta ending with how Hunger Games had played out. So I was happy that was not the case. Um, The reveals at the end were like, oh, okay. I knew something was happening, but I definitely thought she was going to be a god for whatever reason. Me too. And so the fact that she was an heir, I was like, oh, okay. I I guess this can work. I don't know. It was a good ending. It was Mm -hmm. really Um, I definitely smelt the betrayal a mile away with um rain and i was like oh boy i hope she doesn't get kidnapped and taken away and then we have a whole nother poppy and cast situation i really expected to love the characters more that was like my big eh with this book and i was like is this how normal people read books like they're not completely obsessed with it and like in love with the characters and just like devouring the books and able to eat and do other things that are normal versus without thinking about the book is this what this experience is like because I don't like it. Like, I want to be obsessed with my books and my characters. I am with you on that because I liked this, but I don't love the characters. I think a hard part for me was I kept picturing, like, people from movies. And so initially when they described it, I was getting, like, the priest. I think that's what they call him. The, the yeah. minister. Mm-hmm. The minister. He looked – he sounded like something straight out of, like, old school Dracula films where he has like the ball head, the pointy ears, and he's like ghostly pale. But even Rain, I could not stop picturing him as one of the Voltari from Twilight. And it was a bad time. <laughs> I 
I don't know how I pick. I definitely pictured him more because they did say he's like older and she could see that his face was weathered. So I definitely pictured him more of like a not him, but like a, a Pedro Pascal character where like you can see there's rough lines there. He's not like this gorgeous pretty boy like Reese or even Cassian mm-hmm. would be like he's more like a ruggedy cowboy. Uh Eventually, I got so annoyed with myself. I was like, who do we know that I've seen in a movie that has red and black hair? And do you know what brought me to? Sky High. Peace Warren is the only character I know that is all right looking with his black hair and his red streaks. I'm going to have to turn to Google on for that one. Caitlin's doing a Google search. Do you know who this is, Hilda? No. (laughs) I think his name is Steven Strait. Wait, Sky High. What is his name? Steven? In the movie, his name is Peace Warren. No. Nope. That is something else. His name is Peace Warren. Oh. Yeah. Sometimes Bridget has these like tween 90s references that I just don't. Oh, okay. I see who this man is. And this is like emo Seth to me. Emo Seth. (laughs) Emo Seth. Yeah, I can kind of work. Yeah, I can see that happening. Can I get a link? Yes. I know you guys enjoyed the whole – I don't know if you said you enjoyed it, but you really were feeling those moments where (laughs) – with the father-daughter dance. Mm -hmm. I could not get over – like I was like, this is giving me major Stockholm Syndrome vibes, and I'm really creeped out. And then I could not get over her being able to hear him in the head, her head. I couldn't figure out if she was really talking to him, if she was – that was her own thoughts, but in his voice. It was just creepy. Needed, but creepy. I, I, see, I actually kind of liked it because I felt like it it gave you more information to their – Their like, dynamic. Their dynamic. Yeah. trained her so well that she was already thinking this is what he would tell her when he she encountered those things. Mm-hmm. So it didn't bother me. But I'm also now wondering because now I feel like it's more – Psychological? No. Not psychological, but now I'm wondering if it's – like an actual like an bond. Actual, like he's actually yeah. yeah, there is like an actual bond there and he is actually speaking to her. This isn't just her, you know, replaying. So past that's what things. I was trying to figure out between the both because remember initially the reason why she wanted to win the trials or the games was because she wanted to be bonded with him. I don't remember what the name of the bond is. But then Corit- I was thinking Corite. Maybe they were already had done something where they would be able to mind speak to each other. Mm. I don't know. Or maybe they just have a relationship. Because, because not to reveal the ending, but I think I already did. No, I didn't. No, we didn't. Not that part of the ending. I really like your next point notes. It's my yeah. favorite. <laughs> Ixtits is my favorite new saying. Um, and you might catch me saying it in other episodes that are not pertaining to this book because Ixtits. It is really classic. I agree with you on that. I always enjoy like whatever curse words or like random sayings that develop in these other worlds. They're just always so funny to me. This being the best one. This I think this one is the best this one. This was the best one. I think uh, Zodiac Academy has some good ones too. I can't think of any out of the top of my head, but there's mm. some that are very funny to me. The ones that get stuck in my head from Zodiac Academy are from our girl, Geraldine, like slippery salmon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, good stuff. Hilda. I know you have some thoughts that all of these made me laugh when I read them in our show notes. So please take it away because I have thoughts on these Why as well. did no one tell me about the vampires? This is a shock to us all. It really was. You said it was. you had texted us this and I was like, really? I thought it was about birds and fae. <laughs> and maybe a snake. I don't know. Because the name of the book. The serpent. I, so I didn't like – when Caitlin said we should add this to the list, I was like, yeah, let's do it because I had – heard about the book but i hadn't done like any um 
pre-research i was just like let's just put it i know it's popular and then i really i had no idea what to expect and then i was like yes vampires but then would i let these vampires bite me so no these are not like good bitey vampires these are like we'll suck your soul in a bad way vampires rain rain is no lance orion No. no his like his description with his like reddish long hair and like red eyes is not doing it for me See, the Vincent? red eyes is why I kept thinking about the characters from Twilight. So bad. Red eyes just don't do it for me. Yeah. That's like, that's an infection, you know? Like, that is not. That is a zombie. That is a warning. You don't, you don't think pink eye is sexy? Um, <laughs> but Vincent does sound a little bit like a daddy. I okay. pictured him as the dad vampire from Twilight. So. Yeah, because he was a blonde. Carlos. See? Okay. I don't know why uh, my the pe- the way I picture these people is like completely different because my mind was blown when I was trying to look up the right pronunciation of rain yesterday to make sure I was like, well, hold on a minute. And I stumbled across a photo of Vincent. And I was like, whoa, wah, wah, wee, woo. Because yeah, I now pictured I to go see this older man with like gray hair, like an aging but like distinguished vampire. You know what I mean? Like, so maybe like Daniel Craig, or maybe kind of maybe some like he's got dark hair, but he's got gray in it. You know what I mean? Like I was okay. very, or it's like red with gray, like very elder, not elder, elder, but you know, like older. I just and googled so- immediately, and Malfoy's dad showed up <laughs> as a picture. Yep. No, no, not not ew. No. no, but I was like, you you are a good looking sir. I'm telling you, and when you said daddy, I was like, this he's a daddy. I think Vincent's a daddy. Okay, uh, we know that Bridget is pronouncing Rain correctly. It was Caitlin who was not. Boom, boom, boom! Shocker of shocks. I knew Bridget would have gotten it. This would have been the one she would have gotten correctly. I want to say when I was reading these books, I was like, why are these names so easy? And I don't think they are actually like South Asian names, but they do have like a South Asian esque like vibe. Yes. To them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, this sounds very familiar. But then I couldn't, I looked up one of them and I was like, this sounds like it would be a South Asian name, but there was no actual. So I think she did get like inspo from it, Maybe. but she hasn't said it. Um, the one name that's really tripping me up is the name of like their continent because it's ob and whenever i see it i automatically think of like orb so i keep adding in an extra r oh so like, i think i she's... keep saying orbitase but i think it's like obitase she says it's obitase i sent you guys if you guys want to take a quick look at the um ig story i sent you guys in the group she did a, a pronunciation guide nice in her thing i could not she... fathom i my brain really struggled with this one because i could not fathom what that i'm like what or or, or bitter or bitteries like i could not I still was saying it as a butcheries in my head. So how does she say, how does she say Araya? Cause I say Araya, but I feel like you said something slightly different, Caitlin. I, I think I said Araya. Okay. This is just a strike one out for Caitlin. She's really struggling here. It's okay. We got um, a neon gods Katie book coming up next. And you know, I'm just going (laughs) to fuck up. Well, this is on my side this time. You'll see what happens. (laughs) So this wasn't a super long book, but it was not a light read. And I think it's because I kept getting a very, like, dark and gothic setting in my head. Yeah. So very much like the Underworld movies, where everything Mm -hmm. has, like, blue-gray tint, or even, like, that old anime Vampire Hunter D. Yeah, I can see that. So it was – it's not, like – I feel like you can't breeze through it. Like I said, I liked it a lot, but I didn't love the characters. Like, Orea – I will say her name right now. Like, I think she's admirable, but I didn't feel a connection to her. 
And Rain, like, yes, I get it. He's like the hot, mysterious, been through some shit, morally gray hero type thing. Like, I get that they were supposed to be together. I do feel like they were missing some chemistry. Like, I wasn't getting emotional blue balls. You know I what it is? See the angst, but I wasn't like, mmm. I was struggling with this too. And then I decided the reason why was because you didn't get any of that angst between the two characters until later in the book because it was so focused heavy on Aurea and, you know, her relationship with her father, the reason why she's going into the trials and so on and so on. And by the time she met the main character, um, by the time she met Rain, she was so like trying to figure out her own shit. Like, I don't even think she like really bat an eye at him in any way other than a, oh, he's a competitor until about like 60%, 70%. And you know, most of the books that we fall head over heels for like the guys, the angst starts like within the first 15%. Maybe I, well, she did notice him at like the welcome dinner. Yeah, but she never actually <laughs> said like there was any feelings towards it. It was recognition versus like, I guess, pining. Or she was like, oh, he's hot. Hello. She's just like, Shame oh, I have to kill you later, you know? He's so unlike other vampires that she immediately noticed him. I think you're right, Bridget. I think she was so focused on her task at hand and not bleeding and being eaten alive at every moment of every second that I think that shrouded her. And that's okay. Not all initial. fantasy books has to have romance yeah. in it. Sometimes romance well, no, is just a subplot. Just, just the ones that we read, though. Yeah, but I mean. Just, we like the angst. What can we say? romanticy. Yeah, we are um, big romanticy girlies. So you have all of like these different types of names. They're not like you don't meet an Aurea. There's a Septimus, which I feel like sounds Septimus. gross. There's a Desdemona. Like it's almost kind of very Shakespearean. And then the king is called Vincent. And like whenever I think of Vincent, I just think of Vince and like an Italian guy that's just like, you know, Gabagool. <laughs> Get me some mutts, you know? So I just didn't, like, it was weird to make that connection. In a world of Septimuses, be a Vincent. Yes. <laughs> you know? Or actually, don't be one don't. because he sucks. I didn't think he, I didn't think he sucked. sucked. He. Are you guys falling for the villain? No. Maybe? Well, I don't think no. he's I the think villain. So. He, he's definitely morally gray, but I, I think the, what I took out of it is, like, even complicated people can love others because I, I do think that he genuinely did love Aurea. I feel like that's the deepest thing we've ever said. I was about to say, yeah, I guess. I mean, you're not wrong, but someone has to be the villain and he was villain number one. Well, I think Nyaxia is more of the villain. Yeah. Like, he, my children. I know we're going to get into it, but I was just saying, okay. I didn't think she was actually real. I thought it was that creepy priest like manipulating all of them this entire time. Kind of like uh, in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the classic Disney film. We have like that I did, creepy priest man. I did like, question oh. her existence up until the very end when she did appear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was shocked she actually did appear. I thought she would have gotten to the whole end of this and been like, what? There's no one actually here? Or it's like the I priest being like. Wish. It was very much like from Blood and Ash with Poppy. And they're saying that the gods are gifting them and everything that they were doing was because of the gods, but the gods are sleeping. Oh, so like what the Ascended were saying. The Ascended were basically saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I was like, "Do this thing for the gods," and the gods are like deep asleep and don't give a shit about you. Maybe Um, that's what I was thinking. But Hilda, we've done so much talking about our thoughts and feelings, and we kind of alluded to what what happened here. Please take us away and tell us 
What what happened? Okay, so let's just go through background really quickly. By the way, she, um, Chris, what? I just read your first note. Sorry, continue. I was oh. also shocked by this. I did not realize that this is in the back of this book. Carissa Broadbent added a glossary in the back. It doesn't have pronunciations, but it has explanations. And so I did a lot of paraphrasing. So thank you, Carissa. We appreciate an author that's watching out for her ADD readers who forget everything. And there's also a map at the beginning. There's a map at the beginning of the book. I love a good Um, map at the beginning. So there's, it takes place in an unknown land. We get the names of some of the continents. The inhabitants worship what they call the White Pantheon, which has 12 gods. We don't get all the names of the gods, but we get the important ones. The first one is Atroxus, who is the god of the sun and the leader of the White Pantheon. Then there's Alaris, the god of death, and he was the husband of Nyaxia. So Nyaxia was a lesser goddess, and they fell in love and got married, but he got punished for marrying her and he was killed by the white pantheon um and so then she like rebelled against them and left them and so she was exiled and because of that she created the vampires and so she's like the goddess of night shadow and blood um and death because she inherited that from her husband when she left the white pantheon she offered her supporters immortality and they became the vampires um and so they all live on Obetres, is that what we said? That it was called? Yeah, Obetres. Um, which is the land of the vampires. Um, so Obetres is divided into three kingdoms, which is the House of Blood. Uh, they're known as the Blood for- Bloodborn. And they used to be Nyaxia's favorite house. And she gifted the other two houses like special gifts. But because she liked the Bloodborn so much, she didn't know what to give them. Um, but they got impatient and they turned against her. So she cursed them. And so basically all of the Bloodborn vampires eventually devolve into these crazy animals that are just like bloodthirsty. And so they have a special magic where they can manipulate the blood inside a person's body. So then you have the House of Shadow. They're known as Shadowborn. They are smart people. They wield mind magic, um, shadow magic, and necromancy. We really don't care about them. Not a lot is said about them. But then we have the House of Night. They're known as the Nightborn, and they have very vicious natures, and they're known for being warriors, and they wield magic derived from the night sky. They can wield Nightfire, which is bright and hot, or Asteris, which is dark and cold. Um, the Nightborn are made up of two clans, the Rishan and the Hiyaj. Um, they have wings, and the Rishan and Hiyaj hate each other. And so 200 years ago, um, Vincent, Daddy Vincent, <laughs> for those of you that have been following along, he killed King Neculi of the Rishan, and he basically obliterated all of the heirs to King Neculi after he won the Kajari. And so he's been ruling for like 200 years, and it's basically a lot of like Hiyaj and Rishan. Um, what's the word that I can think of, but now I can't. Civil war. Civil War, yeah, they've been killing each other. It hasn't been great. So in Obetres, the vampires like are the ruling class, and you know they live well. There's separate human lands in like other parts of this world, um, but there are humans that are living amongst the vampires, and they live in poverty. They can be hunted, and even though vampires can drink any type of blood, they prefer human blood. Um, and there's actually humans who are voluntary human bloodbenders. Fun fact. Um, Lancer Ryan, if you need a voluntary human blood vendor, I am available. Thank you very much. She's like, I'm um, available. So noble. Charge at all. If I needed to keep that man alive, I would. In any way. Uh, so there's 
two ways to become a vampire. You're either born from the union of two vampires. So, you know, some vampire baby making. Or you're made in the traditional sense, which is like they suck your blood. You maybe suck their blood. But this is like very dangerous. And the survival rate for this is really low. And so like you don't want to be made a vampire because it's weird. Vampire heirs have marks on their bodies. Vincent's in particular, I think, is a phase of the moon's and red on his chest. And then just the vampires are really vicious. So again, when Vincent won the Kajari 200 years ago, he slaughtered all of Nekulai's potential heirs and he slaughtered slaughtered his parents and like his siblings so that like his power wouldn't be um challenged. So the author doesn't really fully go into it, but I guess he's kind of a little bit of a bad guy because he's been like a strongman dictator and basically trying to wipe out the Rishon. And that's sort of the background. So from there, we go into, um, oh, well, I guess any thoughts? That was a really good recap or a deep dive. No, background. Is that the appropriate word? Because yeah. it's background and world building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, world building, definitely, because I needed it. I'm on the second book now, and I, I was forgetting some of these things. I didn't want to go back. So this is perfect. Well, you're welcome. And then you can also reference the like five page glossary <laughs> again <laughs> still I very shocked that there was a glossary thank you for letting me know you're welcome once i you hit know. the acknowledgements i'm like all right we're done here i'm out well i just like like super scroll through it to the very end so they get paid per page i um, know you said that and i'm like i'll do that too and then i constantly forget that that's a thing but i i didn't actually read skim it for what was happening but so okay so let's start off with the prologue so there's a lot of what I would call like cutscenes in this book. Yes, a where lot. we get um, stuff that's happened in the past, probably either from Vincent or Aurea's point of view. They add to the story. Um, so basically, it starts with a young human girl. She might be four. She might be eight. Being pulled out of the rubble um, in the city of Saline, which is a town that's basically been wiped out. Some of like the Hiage warriors find her um, and they're going to eat her because she's human. And then Vincent arrives and he like takes, I don't want to say a liking to her, but she like bites his finger. And so he's, he thinks that's funny and he's impressed and he decides to like bring her on as his daughter. So you have this very powerful vampire king that takes on a human daughter, which is kind of weird, but he like doesn't abuse her. He doesn't take advantage of her. He literally raises her as his daughter basically he found her and he's like you are mine now yeah right which is it's fine i guess i just want to know what's the motive here why would someone who killed their entire family well make up a stray well remember we don't know that he killed her entire family not yet yet, but they they basically say he's like a ruthless king and that everybody in the kingdom is going to think it's weird that he has adopted a human child as a vampire king I think it's more weird that he adopted a, you know, a human child, but whatever. He raises her. He teaches her how to defend herself against the vampires because she is human. Um, and she actually grows up with a little bit of like self, self-loathing because she doesn't necessarily like the vampires and she thinks they're terrible except for Vincent, but she hates that she's human and she's so weak to that. She's a puny Yeah, because she's human. basically grown up with the intense fear that – any slip up will cause in your demise. And you imagine you're constantly around this threat. It's like, you know, being you're you're swimming in the, the water with the sharks constantly. 
and you're like, don't don't cut yourself, don't bleed because they'll eat you. Um, but it's important to note she's never been afraid of Vincent. Like she's always known that Vincent would like not eat her or attack her. Um, the other thing about Aurea that you need to know is that right around the time that she turned 18, I think she's 20 in the book, um, she fell in love with like a newly born, newly made vampire. And the first time they had sex, he like went into bloodlust and almost like drained her and killed her. Um, she was able to get away. Um, but ever since then, she has taken it upon herself to like hunt the vampires that uh go after the humans yeah almost like batman i felt like the the nighttime vigilante definitely batman vibes um let me see okay so then the premise is is that uh there's a kajari which is this ceremony hunger games on steroids type of event um that takes place every hundred years to um honor their goddess nyaxia wait it's every hundred years so then who won the last hundred years? I thought the per- last person to win was the king, was Vincent. And that's how he became king. I don't know. I could have sworn in the book she had said that, like, the last winner was Vincent. And he He's used been king his for wish 200 to- years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The math's not mathing. Maybe the math, maybe, maybe we found a mistake. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. Maybe. Maybe he won twice. I don't know. So it takes place every hundred years. And the winner gets a blessing or a gift from Nyaxia. So the intention is for um, Aurea to enter the Kadari to win. And then she's going to ask Nyaxia to create the Coriatus bond. I know I'm not saying that right. Between her and Vincent. So basically um, what that means is when you become somebody's Corite, it's a bond that allows them to share all aspects of their power it's going to link their lives and souls and make them each stronger. Um, and But most importantly, they can't act on each other um, and can't live without each other. So Vincent knows that Aurea would never turn on him. Because remember, he's like slightly paranoid because he's killed everybody to maintain power. So I was weirded out by this request. And this is what immediately made Vincent sus in my head. Because – and this may just be the influence – you know, we get from other books where they're bonded and it's like a very, not like sexual, but like it's a very romantic relationship then when you're bonded to this person. Like your interest is my interest. Yep. We're going to look out to each other. So it was really creepy to me that he it was like, oh, you could do this thing where like where our lives are bonded. Because do you think he would let her marry someone else or like have a life without someone else beside him? I don't yeah. I would I mean, told you I was getting major Stockholm Syndrome vibes. I was like – you're going to raise her to do what with her, sir? What is was, the goal here? But there was like there was no indications up to what we've read at this point where he would – there was no like predatory grooming behaviors. Yes. And so that was like – my brain had a hard time and even Araya does in the whole book, like merging these two halves of Vincent into the yeah, whole man. Yeah, there's, because there's Vincent, her father – and then Vincent, Vincent the, king. the king. And so Vincent, her father, she knows that he loves her, will do anything for her, will always protect her. Vincent the king will do anything to protect his kingdom. No, so it's he'll do anything to protect way, his position as yes. king. Well, yes, yes, yes. 
Because that's, I think, I don't think we really touched on it. We said that the vampires are ruthless, but the reason why they're so vicious and ruthless is because everything for them is power. And if you have kids, if you have offsprings, there's a potential that they're going to end up having more power for you and take your your hold or your title within the community. So they injure the children or they kill off the people who are showing the most potential so they can maintain a foothold. And that's fucked up. <laughs> yes. And I want to call out because there was a one man – we're going to talk about him when he gets there. But there was one character who was the result of that. His parents oh, feared e- for his pa- – Ibrahim? Ibrahim, yeah. And they, I think, like, ripped out his fangs and, like, injured his wings so that he couldn't usurp them. And he's, like, power. a bum leg like, or something. His, yeah, and messed yeah, up his leg. Yeah, and that man. Me, I'm like, why did you have kids then? If you're concerned about them taking your power, why did you have kids? Because you obviously don't love them. I guess you want to be replaced, but – replaced on your terms i don't know i don't know what their what their what their thoughts are on this but i was just yeah so this is a care we meet a character who is the direct result of that ruthlessness that adds to this overall vibe of orea is in constant fight or flight mode basically the entire book since her upbringing yeah um so we learned that Aurea has like an older human friend named Alana, um, who's a human blood vendor. I love this lady. Um, <laughs> Me too. I know. We didn't get to spend enough time with her. Aurea begs Alana to get out before the Kajari because there's going to be so many vampires around to watch the competition. Like, it's not safe for the humans. It's even less safe for the humans, not that it's ever safe for the humans. Um, so basically, the first night, I guess there's like a welcome reception and Oraya goes with I'm gonna keep saying Oraya because that rolls off my tongue. Oraya does not roll off my tongue. Um, just throwing that out there. Uh, this is my Danica. Um, so there's like a welcome reception, and so she goes to like scope out the competition. Vampires from all the houses. The competition's gonna be in the Moon Palace, which is enchanted and apparently carries out Nyaxia's will. Um, and like we said, it's in the capital, which is Sivrenage. So. Oriya and Vincent, they go to the opening reception. She always, as always, stays super close to him. We meet his general, Jasmine, who is like sexy general. She was giving like, some like hit on eyes the mm-hmm. at Vincent. And then the king is kind of like giving some eyes back, but who knows? Maybe it's just like a power move. And at the reception, she notices a kind of hot vampire who's probably a Rishon, but she's like, whatever. Another vampire comes up to her and gets a little friendly, so she decides to get the hell out of there. I don't know. They make their oaths to Nyaxia, where basically they cut their hands open and say, like, we're pledging and entering the Kajari. The um, typical then, blood vampire. Cut it's your a vampire. Hand open, yeah. Say some woo-woo words, and boom, you're in. <laughs> some woo-woo words. And so she goes to sleep that night, um, and the Kajari... It's like a a surprise when it starts. And when she wakes up, she's in total darkness. She's not in her room and she realizes that the Kajari has started. So the first phase is like what they would call the culling. And so she's in the dark and there's a bunch of hungry vampires that like human blood running around. And she hears all the screaming from actual humans. And she swears that she hears Ilana scream. And she is determined to save her friend, even though she cannot see anything because it's pitch dark and she's running in the direction of the screams when all of a sudden this vampire grabs her and is like hey like you need to be careful 
Yeah, and, and Alana up to this point was really the only other human interaction because she was kind of afraid of humans because she didn't. Yeah, she wasn't she quite was vampire. Only- she wasn't human. And Alana was sort of of both worlds, where she was a human, but dealt a lot with vampires and had to be mindful of her interactions with them as well. And she was, I don't want to say like the mother figure, more like a grandmother-y. I was about to say yeah. she was giving like older crazy aunt vibes. Yes, like, yes, like you want to be best friends with her and she gives you advice and she cares for you and loves you, but it's not she truly loved a good maternal. Cigar. So you, she really no. had yes. that like raspy voice. So immediately off the bat, we know that because she's human, she's at a disadvantage in this trial. And the first culling, the first trial is in the culling and it's at night and there's no light. So vampires are able to see in the dark. So everyone can see what she's trying to do. And she's just, you know, going around trying to feel her way through this palace. And then in here comes sexy vampire as Hilda. And it's really a bloodbath. Like it's not just it's yeah, everyone no, it's- turning on everyone because it's like, great, let's weed out everyone as fast as humanly possible because there's like, what, 100 entrants or 50 entrants in this? So, like, and they're all vampires, but different from different like and, areas. Yeah. Like, great, you're in the dark, you're disadvantaged. I'm going to take you out, and no one will know who did it. I know I mentioned that there were like three houses, but there's intense rivalry between all of them. I mean, even within the House of Night, like the two clans hate each other. And everybody hates the Bloodborne because they're weird and creepy. They're savages, Er. as they like to say. They're really weird and creepy. So anyways, uh, the vampire is like, hey, I'm going to try to like save you. He's like whispering in her ear. And, you know, she does what anybody would do and and, like stab him to get away. We like a stabby girly. Yes, we We do. do. We do. Bridget, I forgot to mention knife play. (sighs) I know that makes you excited. Yeah, I would have dived into the book sooner. I know it's equivalent to you and vampires. So, so anyways, I forget exactly what happens. Um, oh, she figures, did we talk about how she kills that vampire? Well, no, not yet. So she ends up finding Alana in some way. Alana's dead, along with some other humans, and she ends up killing a vampire that she thinks killed Alana. Whether or not he actually did, we're not sure. Uh, but some vampires did go into like bloodlust because they smelled human blood. So she goes and she seeks refuge in the greenhouse during the day because vampires can't be out. In the it's sun. worth noting too, as she's stumbling around the dark, she finds her weapons, which is great. It's a plus one, but then she also slices her hand open, which is also like a negative point. So like she's already at a disadvantage. And to your point, she they they smell the bloodlust, so like they know she's here. They just can't find. Five minutes in and we're already all sorts of yeah. Up. Yeah, and I feel like this so- is a theme that carries on throughout the trials where she is constantly getting cut and you know rightfully so there's swordplay involved and it's this like i guess in both senses of the way (laughs) but there's you know she's constantly very aware of like how what her blood is doing what her heart rate's doing because of how vampires react to her so i was like is this really the best place to put a human is this really no, the best thing not. to put a human through? I mean, no. And someone thought and her father was like, you can do it. That's that can-do well, attitude. That's the weirdest thing. It's like she, the Vincent had protected her in the palace for so long and told her, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything because you're a prey and you are so weak compared to these vampires. Boom, 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 boom. I'm going to drop you in the middle of this trial with all of these vampires, but you're still going to be okay even though you're prey number one. So- you know, and you're already starting off at like a, at a negative two because you know you're I mean? bleeding. You got a handicap. This your heart is, hurts because your best friend died. All of you, these are all pertinent and valid observations. But at, like at some point, you just have to like suspend logic. 
because this is fantasy. Fine, Hilda. I'm just, Fine. Yeah, we could like sit here, obviously, and nitpick the entire thing. Just we know it. It doesn't make sense, but whatever. We move on. Um. So there's we have <laughs> we have Illogical. the initial culling. There's going to be five trials. They're three weeks apart. They like follow the phases of the moon um, and they live in the moon palace the entire time. The palace provides for them or doesn't. We'll get there eventually. Um, but they just have to be back by dawn from time to time. Like every day, uh, Oriah will go and meet up with Vincent um, for various things. He gives her advice. He gives her medicine. Um, he gives her poison blades. He helps her as much as he can without actually helping her physically in the trial. So after this initial culling, there's like 40, 50 people left and they're having like this big feast and there's a vampire who's pissed because his brother was murdered. And that's when Rain, Asharaj or whatever, decides to like show up and be like hey dude like shut the fuck up nobody cares that your brother died he was a piece of shit anyway um and so then that other vampire like challenges him and so rain just casually displays his asteris power and like explodes the other vampire into ribbons he's also kind of doing that uh to impress oriah because he wants oriah to be his ally for i think it's the half moon trial where they need allies Anyway, also too, he did it to protect her. Like I think he knew mm-hmm. that she had killed this brother, yeah, and her whereabouts as she was going around, uh, you know, looking around, and he did it to protect her because is- she recognized his voice, and it turns mm-hmm. out the person that stopped her or was trying to stop her from like running into that bloodbath was him, and he has the the <gasps> stabby wound mm-hmm. wounds, not wound, <laughs> to prove it. Um. So they proceed to the full moon trial and it's basically a bunch of them are trapped in domes around the arena and they have to kill these weird demons may have been ex bloodborne vampires. I believe it to be. So the bloodborne curse is that they turn into these savage monsters. And I think this is the savage monsters at the very, very end of the line. Like they have lost all humanity. They've yes. just gone to full savage monsters. I think it was that plus, like, it was worse. Than plus it would some have been. demons in the mix? I don't know. There's a lot of killing. But again, Araya is smart and she figures yes. that there's like a head demon in the orb or the dome. And if they kill the head demon, they kill all the other ones. So she and Rain kind of like team up. That's yeah, so where you first start if- to see them really work together as partners and in battle. Mm hmm. Um, she gets badly injured, though. Of course, because um, she's again, human. She's a fragile human. And Rain offers to be her ally. Um, and at first she, like, rejects him. But then she realizes she's really sick and she wasn't able to get to Vincent. So she goes, like, crawling to his apartment. Like, um, literally crawling. Up the stairs. And he's hanging out with his BFF, Misha. Um, and Misha's, like, a bubbly non-vampire vampire you know who misha reminded me of if we're gonna cross for twilight <laughs> no no <laughs> more she reminded me of more yeah more too really okay so you know who she reminded me of it was uh or hermes from oh yes. Roberts. dark olympus dark olympus series. there we go dark olympus series yeah she's like very bubbly but also like very powerful within her own right and we don't quite we haven't quite tapped into what 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 lies beneath there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can see that. I was thinking um, more the first time we met her um, above the mountain 
where she like came in hot. She's like, she's like, oh, hi, nice best friend. Yes. Hi, call me when you need me. And Pharaoh's like, yeah. And so at first, at first, Oreo's like, are they together? But then she realizes that they're not. Um, and so, anyways, they heal her. They get her medicine. Um, and Misha's gonna help her figure out how to summon her magic because even though she's human, she has like some magic, but she has no control over it. Yeah, I had um, questions on this because, like, do all humans have magic? And then she's like lesser magic. I was really trying to figure that out, but then I was thinking, like, later in the book, they talk about how like some humans worship specific gods and they're able to like gift them powers through practice yeah i don't think it's fully explained although there might be an explanation as to why i think so too i think we'll get that when we finish book two so because there's only two books so we don't have to wait long exactly so oraya has decided to ally with rain and misha and she's getting along really great with misha um but she and rain aren't really vibing like their sexual tension but they can't find their rhythm to be allies so like when they're training they like don't do a good job oraya is really scared of vampires approaching her so it's hard for her to be i guess a good sparring partner if like every time he gets close to her she like is like taking three steps back you know what um, she reminds me of a skittish cat like that yes, is her she's like yes. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly what she is, maybe not with the sound effect, but totally. I really enjoyed the sound effect, and I wish you guys could have seen the look on her face. It was great. It was fantastic. Anytime, friends. Maybe we'll put this on YouTube if whoever can get that thing up and running. Right. Um. So whatever they have the waning moon trial. I don't. I can't remember for the life of me what this was. I feel like it wasn't that important. Anyways, they have we're trials, getting- and they just. I feel like they just work together. Each one, they realize this is the one where I need a partner for, and they work really well together. And that's what I think you see them progress through their trials. Yeah. They they end up naturally helping each other out in some yep. way. So we get to the half moon trial, and they're prepping for the half moon trial. And, like, Rain finds out that Araya goes hu- human predator hunting, and he, like, joins her because he's also a made vampire, not a born vampire. And he remembers what it was like to be human. And he also like, doesn't like asshole vampires. And so they're out hunting one night and they're kind of like having a moment when all of a sudden there's a huge explosion at the moon palace, really close to their tower. And Misha is really badly injured and um, it's really bad. And there's a bunch of competitors that are injured because of this explosion. And they decide they're like, Oh, we're going to ask, um, Nyaxia to release some of you and unfortunately Misha was not one of the people that was released from Nyaxia and Oraya thinks that's bullshit so she goes to see the minister and she lets the minister feed from her which was kind of disgusting it was basically like her getting abused by him Ugh, essentially it was so creepy uh why are the religious people always such creeps fair anyways point. I don't know um so anyways she does that Rain sees that and he's like, oh, she really cares about Misha. And they're able to get Misha out of the competition and get her away to some people that Rain knows so they could help her heal. So immediately after the explosion, explosion, there you go. Um, Rain was actually taken away and they summoned him for a meeting with the king and he goes and Jasmine, in. Jasmine took him. Yeah. Yes. And so she ends up. We all know what's going to happen. He's going in for questioning, but he basically gets, not basically, he does get tortured and they fillet his back open because they really put him through the ringer. So he comes back to the moon palace and 
Araya ends up having to help him like mend his back and do stitches and clean up all the blood and stuff like that. And that's when he saw the bandage and was like, what was happening? And she lies. And it's like, Oh, it's nothing. I just got injured. Um, so she's hiding the nice things that she does for me, but he has an inkling. Oh, something you were the reason why she's getting to go home. Yeah. He knows. Anyways, they start working better together and they finally enter the trial and it's like a mirror trial. So whatever is happening to Oriya, Rain is feeling it. And whatever's happening to Rain, Oriya is feeling it. And just whatever. The entire, all the trials are like mind fucks. It's really weird. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that they just kept getting paired up. And yeah. it's worth noting too, Oriya was furious at Vincent. She's like, you want me to survive this thing? I'm getting very far. But you just like my guy back there like i can't compete with a half broken person oh she even asked because she's been meeting with him throughout the entire period like she'll go meet up with him outside of the moon palace and be able to come back before the sun rises and he gave her a new especially handmade daggers for her or blades folded poison some medicine to get her through and in one of the meetings after he was taken away she begs him she no, she doesn't beg him, but she's like, "Hey, can you not injure him because he's my partner?" And she believes that Vincent is not going to do that. Like she's like, "Oh, I told him I revealed myself a little bit, but he understands that's supposed to be my partner for the half moon." Here comes a busted up poor old Rain. Yeah, so- and I think too in those meetings, as we see their their her trials progress and their relationship progress and she knows there's tension something's happening but we we aren't quite sure what's happening you start to see the cracks in their relationship where she's like why isn't he here why would he have lied to me and you start to see that relationship deteriorate a tiny bit like it doesn't go crazy i'm just saying you start to see the the cracks in their foundation that they she previously was very firm that this was a strong she's starting to ask more questions about things and it's Mm -hmm. showing the light between the cracks so the other thing too um, is that it's very it's traditional after the half moon when they're supposed to purposely pair up to like kill your partner because really that's what the trials are all about killing as many of the competitors as possible um, as well as like whatever beasts they send at you so that you're the last person standing and. Vincent is also encouraging her to like kill him because not only is he like her competitor, but he's also a Rashawn. And she's kind of like, well, he's not that bad. Like, he's actually pretty cool. And we're like vibing and we like fight well together and things are getting complicated. This is not as black and white, cut and dry as Vin- Vincent would like it to be. I would like to say it is morally gray. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bridget. We needed that. Anytime. Um, so anyways, we go back. Uh, they're prepping for the Crescent Moon trial. Clearly, they do not kill each other. Um, and their relationship is evolving. And they're getting along better and fighting like a team um, and going and killing predators at night. It's great. Um, sexual tension is supposed to be building. But like, I'm not getting emotional blue balls, like I said. Um, so the next trial, um, they get dumped in a wasteland um, to signify like some aspect of Nyaxia's journey and there's basically like poison gas um that keeps going off at like intervals and rain gets really injured and he has to feed off of oriah and 
I just want to read my notes here. Um, He has to feed off O and she gets an O while rubbing against him while he feeds on her. Um, I just wanted to quote that. There was a lot of O's. She, I mean. You know, you say this, but there could have been more. Yeah, there definitely could have been more. There was only one, but I did like the entire way that that scene was set up. You know, I love a good, oh, I have to um, feed from you because I'm so weak. And then I end up getting my own and pleasure. I'm gonna, and I'm going to let you feed off of me. Right. This also happens in A-Sight. Uh, what is the name of that book? It happens a couple times where people get hot yeah. and bothered and you're like, yeah it starts off with like truly like i need to feed because i'm dying and like you know the venom starts working and the things start tingling and the things and the o's and the wham bam thank you bams it's great it's great (laughs) it was a good Um, one but this like the happy o feelings don't last um because we find out that this poison land that they're in is salinae which you may not remember is Oriah's hometown. So Oriah also had like the secret hope that one day she would go back to where she came from so she could find some family. Um, Heart that, broken. Obviously hope was destroyed um, because it's like a barren wasteland. I really started getting more feelings for rain here because i saw how much this impacted him finding out that this land was destroyed and it was a complete wasteland because he was devastated as well like it hurt hurt him as much as it hurt her um and yeah and she goes and she confronts um vincent about it and vincent was just kind of like well that's what happens in war like like, that's war baby what do you want from me that's show Um, business and and yeah and she's just kind of like but seriously so this is she, like my life's goal and mission and the whole reason I'm in this whole fucking thing is to go back and like find my people. Yeah. But then she runs into Rain's arms and they basically have sexy time all night, the night right before the competition. Um while there was some good things there, I do feel like it was a little bit of a fade to black. We we're like, oh, we did it all night long until the sun came up. I'm like, Meh. I feel like a lot of times with authors, they will like give you a really good spicy scene and you get some good details. And then if it continues or you get it later on in the book, it is straight up like, here's the foreplay and then fade to black and then they move on. Like they don't repeat it. I've noticed that's been a trend. I just really was really hoping for some like commander rip level of dirty talk that I'm like, I feel like rain could have really reined it in. You know what I mean? That is a... More like he could have rained it down. Rained it he down. Did rain it in. Yeah, he yeah. Did rain it in. He yeah, rained it in a rain little too much. Could have made it rain. Yeah. <laughs> could have made it rain. I would have taken that. <laughs> um. But anyways, we're in the new moon trial. We're down to like the last eight contestants, and like you know, we're actually now. Let me I think again. I skip that. Just talk about my man Ibrahim. So we talked about him in the beginning because I thought he was going to be some important character. Oh, wait. Are we in the half moon? This is not the wait, final no, final. No. We're, I kind of skipped the new moon. I don't know what happens. I don't know what moon. happens in all the other things. Anyways, obviously, Rain and Oriah survive. Oh, I think what happens in the new moon is Oriah oh, kills kid. Desdemona's partner. And Desdemona is one of the bloodborne vampires. So that's why they come after Oriah in the last trial. Her name was Desdemona. What? Yeah, there was, was, it was a Desdemona. No. There was Was it Desdemona? No, it was um Angelica and Angelica. Angelica. Yeah. I thought yeah, it was Angelica Desdemona. too. Desdemona's in book two. There we go. You see, I After did that happens. You know when she confronts her dad, um, she actually goes to the palace and she finds it all like in 
you know, in the middle of like preparing for war and she comes upon like his troops and stuff like that, just feeding on humans, laying out on the dining room table. And it's like those things that kept happening throughout the book was like, he doesn't give a fuck about the humans. He doesn't give a crap about me because I'm human. And it was another crack. But then there was like, it led her to sexy time with her man. Yeah. And so Orion and Rain are like, they're the last four contestants or whatever. And they realize that they're probably gonna have to kill each other. Um, and so we get to the last battle. Um, each of them have to fight this. I thought this was really twisted. The Their last trial is they have to fight their way through to like a door to get to the other contestants. But the people that they're fighting are the bodies of the competitors that um. have died during the competition, kind of like reanimated to represent the gods of the white pantheon that are trying to like kill Nyaxia. It was weird. It was like twisted upon twisted upon twisted. It reminded me of Hunger Games at the very end when they're at their final cornucopia battle where they realize all the, I'm forgetting the names, like the the dogs or the mutant, the mutt, Mm -hmm. the mutts are actually like had the eyes of their old competitors and they realized that they had turned in the bodies of these people into old mutts. Yeah, it's just it was. I think was that was in the up. book. Maybe not alluded to so much in the movie. I was just I was saying, like, I've only read the series once, and it was in high school, so I don't remember that part. Um, it was, it was, yeah, it was yeah. Kind twisted. Of the, to needless to say, it was twisted and psychologically to affect their. their it was sick yep. and twisted. TikTok song? No. Okay. No. Okay. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> so Araya's like the first competitor to make it through, and then Ibrahim. Eam comes through and he's basically like I was hoping it was going to be you um, and she like tries to give him an honorable death. Alright. And this is again where I'll go to back from my man Ibrahim. This man hobbled by his parents, ripped his fangs out, injured his his wings and I don't know what his motivation for going into the Kajari was other than I think to like redeem himself or maybe he would have asked for all his body parts to be working correctly. But he made it through every single trial. And every time Aurea was like, oh, Ibrahim's here. Oh, he made it through. Whoa. And it was a constant shock. So I just thought he would have had a more important role to play later on. Like he could have saved her life or he would have like, you know, took an arrow for her or something. And so distraction. Yeah. Like I thought it would have been something more where he was like, I was rooting for you the whole time. I made it because you made it. You're like one of those kind of packs that she didn't realize. And so I do appreciate that she gave him a noble death. And he was like, all right, if I had to go, I'm okay with it being you. But I just thought there could have been so much more here. So then obviously Rain and Angelica come through and the three of them are fighting. Angelica is really going after um, Araya and Obviously, Araya has cuts, so Angelica is able to use the blood magic against her, and it's not looking good. And then we realize that, like, Rain is looking at somebody in the spectator stands, and then all of a sudden, Angelica, like, stops. So then attacking Araya, so then Araya is able to kill Angelica. So we're down to Rain and um, Araya, and they're fighting, and at first he's, like, they're both holding back. But then he basically tells her not to, and she ends up killing him. And by this point, she has fallen in love with him, 
So she is completely devastated that she has done this. So she is named the winner of the Kajari. And then all of a sudden there's like, I don't know, fog, fanfare, and Nyaxia shows up. Um, And she comes in with like this benevolent voice. And she's like, what would you like, my child? And without thinking about it, without even questioning herself, she's like, I want him to be the winner of the Kajari. So Rain comes back to life. Vincent is like, what the fuck? And so I guess because what's his face? Rain becomes the winner. He gets his own wish. And so he asks for his air mark to become to be brought back. Yeah, and the Rishon line to be fully brought back to power. And we realize that um Rain is King Nekulai's uh heir. Even Not though in he the was biological made, sense, but in like the the power sense, yeah, I guess. So, um, no, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, real quick, like reverse into the storyline is when they were getting close and you know forming bonds. When I say they, I mean Oriah and Rain. We find out that he was turned by a man, and he was basically a slave for a long period of time, and he ended up falling in love with um, his master's wife. And they found refuge in each other while they were with that king before he died. We didn't know it was the king at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when this was happening, I was like, what? How are you an ear if you're a mortal turned? And then we find out. You that he was a slave to the king and well, whatever. Also, Nyaxia, when Nyaxia has jokes. Yeah. And when Araya made her wish and she's like, I wish Rain would have won. Because the rules are there can be like one winner mostly. I thought she was going to die. I thought so, too. I didn't think she would die. I thought she was like that she was going to die. And then he'd be like, no, I want her to live. And then they have have this PETA Katniss standoff. See, I I totally thought there was going to be a PETA Katniss I thought it was going to be a PETA Katniss standoff, too. Like, we're going to. That's why when she actually killed him, I was very shocked. I was like, oh, oh, he's dead, dead. So he comes back. We realize that he's the Rashawn heir. And he goes and he slaughters Vincent. Bye-bye. In front of Oriah. And she's just like, what the fucking fuck? And she loses it. Like, at that point, she realizes, like, she lost her father. And then, and then, an airmark appears on her. And I guess at some point, actually right before this, Nyaxia had said something to Vincent Along the lines of like, oh, she has your eyes. And we realize that she is actually his daughter and he must have had sex with some human and she was a product of that. And so he might have bombed this entire town and killed everyone just so he could get her back. And so he's been living with her, training her, saying that they're adopted and she's just like a... A mere human with no powers. It's a liking to. Yeah. And so... Nope. She is the Hiyaj heir now. And so, of course, there's, like, craziness in the stands. The Rishans are now in power. They want to start killing all of the Hiyaj. Um, the Hiyaj are fleeing because they know she's about to go down. Complete yep. chaos. Rain's friends, quote-unquote friends, come and they're like, we're going to murder um, Araya. And Rain is like, no, she's mine. 
I'm going to marry her and I'm going to rape her and I'm going to punish her the same way that her, that Vincent, you know, did that to Nessanin. And Araya's like, what the fuck? And then he like pulls her close and he's like, no, I'm just kidding. I just said that to save your life. It's fine. I'm not going to hurt you. Shh. <laughs> but like, play along. Play and along. The book, the book ends, essentially. Oh my God. <laughs> Hilda, that was great. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, I I mean that I was not expecting that ending. No. Um I think we all agree something we knew some shit was gonna happen at the end, but we weren't I just didn't know what. There wasn't enough clues beforehand for me to be like Yeah. Mm. I thought it would be other shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought she would bring him back. I did think she was either gonna like kill him and wish to bring him back, or they wouldn't kill each other. I did not guess that he would go and kill Vincent. I thought I it would be a weird, like, detente where Vincent, like, begrudgingly accepts him because that is the man that his daughter loves. Yeah. So, and I think the reveal, because the whole time you're kind of thinking, like, is Vincent good? Is Vincent bad? Does he really love her? Does he not really love her? He really did love her. And he finally spat those words out at the end, which he did. I was like, that was oh, a sweet moment. It was because, like, I couldn't say these things to you, and you and know. I guess all this time, it's not that he was ashamed of her. I think he was actually like protecting her and like genuinely somebody, afraid for her. Somebody would have tried to kill her if they had known that she was actually his heir. I think there was a part two, and then just this is one of those things where I'm like, oh, Vincent, you were so like such a good father. Where he's like, oh, I took her flying once, but I was also afraid you were gonna throw your body out the window after you realized you couldn't do it. So you, I never did that with you again. And you're like, that is such like a a grown up parent figure thing to be like, yeah. I'm worried this is going to happen to you. So how far are you in book two? Shut up. Not far. I'm shush. Not. Shush. <laughs> I'm only I've only gotten to I like I just need 16. to know like where you guys are at in this I'm book at like sixteen percent. I've barely I've barely started. Okay. You know what? I, I, I okay. think this is funny. This is a rare moment where Bridget is ahead of us and knows things that we don't know yet. I wanna say this like Bridget being the last reader in the group to finish the book Has is a fairly very... new thing. Yeah. So yeah. Take I'm your interlude. Where, where are you, Hilda? You're at eighteen also? I'm like at sixteen. Okay. So we'll, I've been prepping for this episode. Yeah. I haven't had time to read. I know. So it's it's still pretty long. I think it's like 600 pages. Oh, yeah. It is. Not, it's a little bit longer. small. But uh, maybe, you know what? Maybe this is us being like, Tam, that's the greatest. And then like the next book, we're like, fuck that man. So, like <laughs> maybe this is, this is the duality of man coming back to haunt us. So we'll, we'll see what comes up for us. Um, any final thoughts? Um, I feel real bad for Aram, Aram, um, because her world keeps exploding. Shut yeah. down, shut down. Her ro- her world. She expands her worldview. She finds some friends, some commonalities between people, and every time she has a relationship, it's like Mer, shut down. She meets like a, a stop sign, yeah. a stop sign like a brick um, wall. One thing I didn't mention um, is we realize just reverse, reverse. Um, so when Araya and Angelica were fighting um, and Angelica had the upper hand, Rain made a deal with Septimus. Yes, important. Um, where he was basically like, so Septimus is the prince of the Bloodborne and 
again, the Bloodborne are kind of creepy and weird because they turn into these vicious monsters because of their curse. And so they don't really want to be exiled or separated from the other vampires anymore. And Septimus is really looking for power. So Rain basically agrees to with Septimus to like call Angelica off so that um, Angelica doesn't kill Araya. And he kind of agreed to save her life. Um, and Septimus figured that Araya at that point was already in love with Rain. And so if she killed Rain, she'd come, she'd bring him back. And if Rain came back, there's a lot of ifs here, he would be forced to kill um, Vincent. So really, like, essentially Septimus is setting this whole thing up. And Septimus is the real bad guy because with a name like Septimus, how could you not be? You know, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm judging a book by its cover. I'm like, Septimus? Well, the first time we Septim- meet him, don't. he is like lingering outside the palace and he offers her a cigar and because like she stops because she smells it. It reminds her of Alana. her friend, Alana. And so that was like the first interaction. And as it goes with this book, like we always meet a character. We don't know who they are. And then like two scenes later, we finally get introduced to them. So she met the stranger, got the cigar. And then at a different period, she meets him and realizes that he is a bloodborne and that he is the prince. And he tells her like, oh, I'm a betting man and I've been betting on you. So he's been observing them really well. And it freaks her out a little bit. And he suddenly, he now we know slimy. why. Yeah. He's, he yeah, he's slimy. He shows up every corner. He is a slimy character septimus like you're not a good Ugh. guy with a name like septimus watch him be like that you know the reese of this sounds book. like i don't know septis- sounds like septicemia yeah like septic Ugh. gross Ugh. okay well we'll leave you with that lovely thought Can't even give him like a nice nickname like <laughs> seppy no as we were talking about like how they both almost died did not die did die i was getting i was like oh wow that's very romeo and juliet of them it is yeah it was it was. It was cute. It was cute. She killed him. Cute. They brought him back. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was cute. Disastrous, but so whatever. Cute. All right, guys. That is our final thoughts on the first book in the Crowns of Nyaxia series. We, she were just talking about, we're working our way through through book two. We're very early in, so maybe Bridget has some insight to things we don't know yet. But we're very eager to get into it. Um, I know this book came highly recommended by a bunch of you. My own sister, Colleen, friend of the podcast, mentioned it. She's like, oh, I really like this one. So I was excited to dive in, and we're excited to keep the series going. And I'm even more excited because it's only two books. It's just the two. I don't have to have like like 30,000 books. It's Christmas. This is is our – Christmas. Like, it was truly a joy knowing I only have two books. And vampires. Two books yeah. and vampires. Okay, that's what hooked me. Yeah. If it was sexy vampires, count me in. Like, I would have died yeah, right in like earlier. Vicious vampires. Vincent is daddy. So. Again, that picture convinced me otherwise. Oh, before we go, I just have to He's say it was really daddy. jarring to me after looking up Vincent and being like, oh, hello, daddy. Um, It was that... The Nightborn or the Hijaj, right? I'm saying that right. Uh, vampires have like actual like bat wing wings, mm-hmm. similar to our Illyrian warriors, and the Rishan had like feathered wings. And for some mm-hmm. reason, that really 
threw me off because I'm going back to Hunt. I'm going back to Crescent City and like angels. And my brain just really had a hard time visualizing. The I think that's why I didn't think they were vampires because I saw probably fan art at some point and I thought yes. they were just like winged fae. Yes. I, I You don't associate feathers with being a bad character. You know what I mean? Like a – or a, a sinister kind of character. So you – you know what I mean? Like, that's like an angel. You got like the, eh, no. Am I alone in this? This could be the Spotify question of the week. I don't know. But either way, it blew my mind and I just had a hard time. Also had a really hard time. I didn't realize she was like, she had black hair. Like, I don't know who I was picturing yeah. for anyone in this book. I felt like they did take a long time to tell you what color her hair was. I knew she had silver moon eyes. Yes, that was I, like, I thought she had like silver white hair also. So when I saw fan art again of the two of them, I was like, "What? Who are these people?" I think I looked. I think I looked up the fan art before. I think I looked up the fan part after like the first chapter because I was like, "Who are these people?" Uh, this that would have been great I because I could not stop picturing people from Twilight, and it was really fucking with my head. You know what? I had to look up the fan art once Rain was described because I was like, "I was like reddish, long hair, what? red what eyeballs, having a hard time." Yeah, and then I found some fan art though that was like, "Oh." Yeah. I wouldn't say no. Vampire, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they could have like one eyeball and she'd be like, all right. <laughs> I don't know. I think she'll have like a hard no, a hard stop at the minister. Yeah. Well, I would. But I'm like, my thoughts would be like, they like, look, he's no Lance or Ryan, but here's my neck, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how I think this could be a good question too, as we get into fan art. <laughs> Still laughing about here's my neck boy, but <laughs> wait, can we put that on a shirt? <laughs> it's gotta be boy, like B O I. Yeah. Um, at what point in the series are you looking at fan art? Like, are you looking at the beginning, halfway through? Like, I'm just curious to know when everyone else is digging into it. Because I feel like I have to wait till it's over because I'm. I know for a fact I will run into something and that will be spoiled and then I'll hate myself. Yeah. So I'm just curious. I usually try to wait to the end as well. But sometimes I remember in the Akatar series, I'm like, I got to get eyes on these people. What are they looking yeah. like? Yeah. If I can't figure out from the descriptions, like if I can't build a clear picture, um, that's when I'll usually look something up. Yeah. Like with Aaron, like Aaron from Gills, like I couldn't figure out these flesh, flesh tentacles. tentacles. <laughs> so I was like, I need fan art on this. You and know. then once I saw it, I was like, oh. And then also Commander Rip and the little spikes above his eyebrows. I was like, what is this? And then I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. It. You know, we, we really beat flesh ribbons to a dead a dead horse. Is it <laughs> and there was, I think in a meeting, like a work meeting today where someone used the word flesh and I was like, ribbons? <laughs> that was the next logical thought in my brain and I was very like, what? I really hope you did not open your mouth to say I that. I didn't like, say anything. Oh, I think I was I like, am so sad I wasn't there. I know. Like, I, Hilda wasn't here on this, this work meeting we had together. And I was like, where? Why? All right. Well, we'll leave you with that. Uh, get my neck boy and flesh ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> a classical ending to a classical episode. So we'll be back, as we said, with book two in the Crowns of Nyaxia series. And that one is The Ashes of the Star-Cursed King. The Ashes of the Star-Cursed King, yes. And um, I we had a great suggestion from one of our listeners who wanted to know, what are we reading next coming up? So you can head over to our Instagram at booktalkmimi underscore pod. We'll part, start putting some stories up about what's coming up next so you guys can also take that um, into consideration and also in the show notes. So be on the lookout for that. 
And with that, we will leave you. We'll leave you with Get My Neck Boy. That's really. <laughs> bye. 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 Boy, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>